Aloha, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of season two of Ghost Lore of Hawaii, Paranormal Paradise. You don't know how much I've missed you all, for real. So much has happened during the break in between seasons one and two. I'm still getting used to all the changes, but whatever craziness is going on in my life, I can always find comfort in meeting up with you all at these virtual bonfires. So mahalo always for your support. It means more to me than you could imagine. Your words of encouragement and excitement for season two really pushed me in a good way. This episode is based on a spooky tale I heard from master storyteller Lopaka Kapanui from Mysteries of Hawaii. Lopaka and his family run one of the oldest and most popular haunted tours in Hawaii. He was a close friend and protege of author Glenn Grant, who I've mentioned numerous times on the show. I won't stop. Lopaka began working under Grant, who started the first haunted tour in Honolulu and eventually took over for him when Grant retired. He's one of the most respected storytellers in Hawaii, and his tour group, Mysteries of Hawaii, is the go-to tour I recommend to anyone who asks. You can follow Lopaka and his family at Mysteries of Hawaii on YouTube and Instagram. I'll also include their information in the show notes. Tell them Uncle Jared at Ghost Lore of Hawaii sent you. When I first heard this story, I was completely thrown off guard, and I hope it will do the same for you. During the break, I've had a lot of requests for more stories involving Kimo, the kupuna from a few episodes in Season 1. So guess what? He's back. But I should warn you, don't get too attached. Spooky voice. So cozy up to the fire, grab one of those green bottles, you know the kind, spark up some paranormal pakalolo, miss saying that, get comfortable, and let's get into this. I missed you. The afternoon was hot and humid, as always, when Kimo arrived in the upper-middle-class neighborhood of Kapolei, on the southwest side of Oahu. A slight breeze carried the scent of rain that was expected later that evening. He parked his Toyota Tacoma and looked at the large, two-story home that was his intended destination. The house was painted white, and Spanish, colonial-style ceramic tile lined the roof. Kimo could tell this family was well off from the perfectly manicured landscape that surrounded the property. Kimo, a kahuna nui, spiritual elder by trade, 
had been invited over earlier that week by the elderly couple who owned the home. As explained in previous episodes, modern-day kahunanui, or kahu, are similar to priests who give blessings with spiritual prayer, kahunapule. Kahu also passed knowledge down to the younger generation, just as ancient Hawaiians did through their oral history. Kimo was dedicated to his teaching and craft. However, this particular visit was not for these reasons. Along with teaching and blessing, another duty of Kahuna Nui was as a Kahuna Kaula, or prophet. Kimo had strong connections to the supernatural and used these gifts as a spiritual advisor. Basically, Kimo could see ghosts and was often called to investigate the paranormal experiences of his clients while helping spirits move on from the physical world. His least favorite types of jobs. Kimo even removed these specific services from his website, but word of his success helping remove negative energies from homes and even people spread. Frank and Jan de la Cruz, the elderly couple who owned the home, had contacted Kimo several times regarding concerns they had about their teenage daughter. Frank had explained their scenario over the phone several days prior. Kimo, this is very important. Our daughter is... she's not herself. There's an evil inside her. No matter how much we try to get through... She won't listen. We stay scared. She's our only child. Our baby. I'm really sorry for what you guys are going through, but I small kind busy these days. Plus, I don't like doing these kind jobs anymore. I stay trying to stay on the more positive side of things. You know, housewarmings, teaching the keiki, children. But I can pass you on to another friend that can... No, it has to be you. We did our research. We found out about all the people that you've helped with this kind stuff. There was that one Japanese student. The one at Manoa. Then those Lolo internet dancers. We know you're best suited. Please, you gotta save our girl. Kimo tried convincing them that although he did have a connection to the spirit world, he didn't do exorcisms. I'm not even Catholic, you know. Plus, I'm booked for a while. He lied and politely ended the call. Okay, shoots then. After about a week, Kimo all but forgot about the couple's request. Until one evening, he received another, more frantic call from Frank. 
Aloha. Kimurakahu speaking. The urgency apparent in the old man's voice. Kimo, please. Our daughter's getting worse. Frank explained. The teenager was becoming verbally and physically abusive. Just the other day, during a heated argument, she shoved her mother Jan, knocking her to the ground. The daughter stood over the elderly woman with a menacing glare before storming to her room and slamming the door. She's not the little girl we raised, Frank whispered, holding back tears. He begged Kimo to visit their Kapule home to meet their daughter, even if it was just for a short chat. Kimo heard the hurt in Frank's voice and could tell he loved and cared for his only child. And although the parents offered to pay double of what Kimo's price was, he didn't want to fully commit, so declined the fee. But, reluctantly, agreed to meet the young girl. Kimo stood in front of the dark oak door that led into the large house. He heard mumbling from within the home, then the shuffling of feet before the door slowly creaked open. Frank, a small Filipino man, was dressed in khaki golfing shorts and a light blue collared shirt with horizontal stripes. Standing behind Frank in a purple floral mumu dress was Frank's wife, Jan. Oh, Kimo, please, please come in. She shuffled over to Kimo and took his hand with both of hers while simultaneously pulling him into the home. Kimo removed his slippers as he entered, leaving them neatly next to the rest of the family's footwear lined at the entrance. The entrance of the home opened up to a large living room with high ceilings. Several love seats and a large, olive-colored sofa were arranged around a glass coffee table. The room's decor was a mix of Catholic imagery and faux flowers. A hand-carved crucifix hung on one wall, surrounded by more of the fake flowers. On the coffee table were smaller ceramic Jesus and Virgin Mary figurines with several white tea candles that had never been lit. To say this family was religious was an understatement. Jan offered Kimo some coffee and cake as he sat down on one of the love seats across from them. 
Oh, no thank you, ma'am. I cannot eat anything with gluten. I'm celiac. Oh, I thought you was Hawaiian. So, you from Scotland? That's Celtic, Jan interrupted her husband. Oh, just joking. Kimo turned down the offer of coffee as well, wanting to limit his time at the home as much as possible. Usually, Kimo could immediately sense any negative energy as soon as he entered a spiritually charged area. However, this home felt normal, like any other family home. So tell me what's the matter with your daughter, Kimo started. The worried parents both looked at each other with a concerned gaze, then went into their predicament. Their daughter had just started taking classes at UH Manoa that past fall and had started off well. However, over the last few months, they began noticing a change. The parents no longer recognized their sweet girl, almost as if she had been transitioning to an entirely different person. She even talks different. She doesn't even sound the same, Jan added. Over the last few weeks, her demeanor got darker and more worrisome. Through the walls, Jan and Frank could hear their daughter talking all throughout the night. Often, she'd finally emerge from her room well into the afternoon. Irritable, with dark circles under her eyes, hair frazzled. Not the sweet girl that she normally was, the parents said. Then came the cuts and bruises, Frank whispered. He explained she began showing up with scratches and bruising down her arms and legs. At first, it was just a couple of red lines on her wrists, but those evolved to deep, horizontal cuts along the insides of her forearms and up her biceps. Bloody scabs formed, then reopened each morning. The information the couple shared began to concern Kimo. This definitely sounded bad. Whether possessed or not, self-mutilation, especially with a girl so young, was never healthy. Is she home, your daughter? Can I speak with her? Yeah, she's in her room upstairs. She's always home these days. Practically never leaves her room, Frank said, 
as he glanced up to the door, visible at the top of the stairs. Kimo turned around and looked up at the stairs behind him. The high ceiling of the living room rose up to the second floor. The stairs led directly to the daughter's door. Across from her room was a hallway that led to the other bedrooms of the home. The couple sat in the living room and watched as Kimo slowly walked up the stairs to the girl's room. When he made it halfway up, he gave a quick glance down to the parents who stared up hopefully as he ascended up to the second floor. Kimo paused in front of the door, gently knocked, then waited for it to open. After several seconds, the door unlocked and opened several inches as a petite girl with shoulder-length black hair glanced through the crack. Hi, I'm Kimo, a friend of your parents. I came over to talk story a little while. Mind if I come in? Yeah, sure. She responded, rolling her eyes as the door opened fully. Kimo wasn't sure what to expect, but was surprised when he entered. The teenage girl's room was normal. It was tidy and organized and void of any type of negative energy. Light pink curtains lined the window and a floral comforter was neatly placed over the bed. Several Sanrio stuffed toys lined a dresser near the door and multiple award certificates framed the wall above the young girl's desk. She walked back to her desk, where a couple of textbooks lay opened, and went back to her studies, disregarding the interruption and stranger now in her room. Can I sit here? Kimo asked, motioning to her bed. Sure. So what's your name? Kira, but before you waste your time, I'm not sick. They're just overreacting like they always do. Kimo explained that Kira's parents had called multiple times about their concern, so there must have been something worrying them. Plus, from the look of your arm, you look like you could use someone to talk to, like one friend. Kimo saw the bloody scratches that lined Kira's arms. She quickly pulled the sleeve of her sweatshirt down to conceal the cuts, obviously self-inflicted. 
Do you really want to know why they're upset? Kira asked as she put her pen down and turned to look at Kimo. It's because I have a girlfriend that I like girls instead of boys, Kira said, voice slightly cracking, eyes beginning to water. She turned back to her textbook, pretending to study again. She told Kimo of how her mother always talked of her daughter finding Prince Charming one day and having a large wedding, how she couldn't wait to have grandkids to spoil. Oh, I see, Kimo said, beginning to understand the situation. Yeah, their precious little girl likes girls. So... Now I'm not their perfect daughter anymore. Kira paused her work and looked back at Kimo, tears now running down her cheek. I'm not doing no conversion therapy or whatever it's called either. I'm not changing who I am. I'm done pretending. You better not try to convince me either. No, no, Kimo said. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You seem like a great girl with a great life ahead of you. Sometimes it takes parents a while to understand that. He scanned the room and looked at the various sports medals and honor roll certificates again. From the look of it, you're building a great foundation for the future. So what you studying? I think I want to be a vet. Oh, that's a good one. The two chatted for about 10 minutes, Kira loosening up and even laughing with Kimo. Kimo thanked Kira for her time and let her know if she ever needed anyone to talk to, she could reach out to him. He said goodbye, closed the door behind him, and headed downstairs back to the elderly couple, waiting. So, do you think you can help her? Frank nervously asked. Bruh, there's nothing wrong with your daughter. And truthfully, you should be ashamed of yourselves. It's the 21st century, Kimo scolded as he headed towards the front door, showing himself out. He was upset he wasted his time believing something serious was going on with the couple's daughter, when the concern was really her parents. Growing up, Kimo dealt with being an outcast because of his spiritual abilities, so understood what it was like being different. Wait, please, you have to help her, Jan pleaded, grabbing Kimo's arm. Kimo turned around and glared at the old woman, then at Frank. Nothing is wrong with your daughter. Nothing besides having ignorant parents, as far as I can tell. Kira is going to have a successful future, whether you two accept her for who she is or not. Kimo turned back around 
and reached for the doorknob. Stop! You don't understand! That's the thing! Our daughter's name isn't Kira. Her name is Christine. Chicken skin flooded throughout Kimo's body, down his back and arms. He suddenly felt weak, as if the blood was draining from his head. The smell of ammonia suddenly flooded the home. Kimo was familiar with the scent. He experienced enough of these instances where the cat piss stench of ammonia emerged seemingly out of nowhere. He now associated the smell with the presence of something sinister. There's that smell again. Kimo, we no more any popoki cat, Jan said. That smell usually appears when demons or something strange involving spirits emerge, Kimo quietly muttered. Then, out of nowhere, a loud, cackling laugh <laughs> shook the walls of the house. The dark, dreadful feeling that Kimo did not pick up on when he first entered the home overpowered the smell, filling the house. The weight of dread felt like it doubled the force of gravity in the home. Before Kimo's knees could buckle, he lunged for the door and flung himself outside. Stumbling out of the entrance into the hot, sunny afternoon, released the pressure and intense dread. Kimo caught his breath and turned around, just in time to see Jan and Frank, both with gruesome ear-to-ear smiles across their faces before they slammed the door shut. Another cackle from within the home could be heard. (laughs) He rushed down the walkway leading to the street and hopped into his truck. As he skirted away from the house, he replayed the afternoon's events in his head, trying to make sense of it all. Who in the family was possessed? Was Kira the real daughter? Or was she the possessed identity of Christine? The girl's actual personality? Had something dark within the home possessed the daughter? Then overtaken the parents during his visit as well? Or was it the couple who were the possessed ones the entire time? If that was the case, did that mean their daughter was innocent and now in danger? Or had something dark taken over the entire family from the start? As Kimo sped away from the home, he didn't know the answer to these questions. 
Over the next few days, the event that took place that afternoon rarely left Kimo's thoughts. He had never encountered a force that powerful, something that could disguise the darkness normally present as soon as entering the property. That in itself terrified the seasoned Kahu. He asked his acquaintances and other Kupuna elders who may have come across such a presence. The closest he got was a brief news article he found after scouring microfiche from the 1940s at the university library. The article summarized a murder-suicide involving a love triangle that had taken place in the area. The story went, a young, affluent couple had recently moved to the islands to escape the hustle and bustle of city life. The husband came from a powerful family in California with ties to politics. His young wife was a homemaker with aspirations of creating her own successful business. However, after moving to Oahu, their happiness was short-lived. The husband loved his drink and with no need for a career, spent his slurred days tormenting his young wife. After a few years, the wife began a secret affair with another woman. When that woman found out her lover was married to a man, no less, she broke into the home and killed the wife, the husband, then herself. This type of horrific tragedy would have normally received a lot of publicity. However, the story was buried deep in the paper and not widely reported on. Many speculate the husband's powerful family back in the States made sure the word of the embarrassment affair was kept quiet. The narrative of the deaths in all other news publications claimed the couple were killed in a random act of violence. Kimo could not find any other mention of the murders. Since the 40s, most of the homes in the area have long been demolished. However, Kimo concluded the spirit of the lover responsible for the couple's deaths still haunted the area. He passed the information he had discovered and what other information he could from his visit to an acquaintance that specialized in these types of cases. Kimo, however, was not getting involved anymore. 
He thought his lifelong experiences with the supernatural allowed him to grasp the different energies that occupied the spirit world, and that he always maintained some sort of control. However, that afternoon, while sitting in the family's home, he would have never suspected anything was out of the norm. It made Kimo realize he had no clue about the power these entities possessed. That visit to the Kapole home changed Kimo's life forever. No matter how hard he tried, he wasn't able to shake one chilling thought. On the first phone call with Frank, Frank mentioned Kimo's success overcoming certain sinister forces. The couple was adamant they only wanted Kimo's help. Was whatever evil that inhabited the household targeting him specifically to put an end to someone on the side of good? Whatever the answer was, Kimo decided he would no longer dabble in these darker forces. From then on, choosing to stick exclusively to the positive side of the spiritual world. Mahalo again for joining me on the first episode back from break. My life has small kind gone through a transition over the past several months, but the one thing that has remained consistent is my love of sharing these stories with you all. Like I mentioned at the start of the episode, a version of this story was told by legend Lopaka Kapanui, and from my understanding, was something that he experienced firsthand. I added the little ending involving the love triangle, which was based on a story involving another famous house on Oahu the haunted house of Kaimuki. This house is often talked about as being the most haunted house in Hawaii for good reason. So many different tales have circulated, including stories where not every occupant gets out of the house alive. I'll definitely be covering the haunted house of Kaimuki in more detail in a future episode. So again, I missed you all so much. It was a long couple of months, but I'm glad to be back with you all. If you want more Ghost Lore of Hawaii content, I'm happy to say I've been busy working on the Patreon material for the show, which should be live very soon if it's not already by the time you're listening to this. For those who don't know, Patreon is a way for you to get more access to content from your favorite creators. For the price of one cup of coffee per month, you get early release episodes that are always ad-free, bonus episodes only available to patrons, discounts on merch, and a lot more. If the Patreon is up and running, I'll have a link in the show notes. Support from listeners like you is what allows me to keep this podcast going. 
If you enjoy Ghost Lore of Hawaii, please leave a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Reviews really do make a huge impact for independently produced podcasts like this one. You can also follow me on Instagram at ghostlore.of.hawaii. I post pictures and info related to a lot of the topics, as well as memes I come across that I find funny. Do you have a story or topic you'd like to hear on the podcast or just want to say hi? You can email me at ghostlore.of.hawaii at gmail.com. Although I intend for all historical information to be 100% accurate, I cannot guarantee it always will be. Some names and locations may also be altered for privacy's sake. To an an acquaintance. To an acquaintance. While simultaneous... While simul... While simultan... Ugh. Simul... Simul... Simultan... While silent... While simultaneous... While simultan... Simultaneously pulling him into the home. <laughs>